1: As uh, our regular listeners know, I do very few interviews. I know talk shows are supposed to do author interview, author interview, interview with this person. I do very few interviews, but if it is someone compelling, interesting, important, someone that I think will really be informational to our audience, or even um, encouraging to our audience, i love to have them. Well, that certainly is the case today. Jeff Allen Unless you've been living in an underground bunker somewhere without a radio or TV, you obviously are familiar with Jeff Allen, one of the best-known comedians in America. He is known around the world. You've seen him on America's Got Talent, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Dry Bar, Comedy, Pure Flix. He's been everywhere. And I am certain that this today is the absolute highlight of his entire career. Jeff Allen, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Bob. It is downhill from here. So <laughs> it's, it's always nice to peak at the age of sixty-seven, so I can retire.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I was. I was on Bob Birdie Live. Yeah. I'm sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Jeff, thank you. I know you're incredibly busy. And by the way, Jeff is going to be at the Funny Bone tonight. Tonight at seven o'clock, and I believe there are a few tickets left, and you can get them at Jeff Allen Comedy dot com. Funny bone tonight, seven o'clock, Jeff Allen comedy dot com. Jeff, I want to talk about your brand new book. I loved it. Very, very well written, absolutely transparent, encouraging, raw. But how did you how did you get into comedy? Were you the kid that was always in the principal's office for talking too much and making jokes and
2: Uh, I was, I was in trouble a lot. I had a (laughs) hard time sitting still. I was always up and out of my chair, you know? And, um, yeah, I got, uh, paddled a lot, which I thought was counterproductive. They burn your rear end and you can't sit down and then they want you to (laughs) sit down. So, Uh, you know, uh, obnoxious was the word we heard a lot. I'm sure. When did
1: did you first know you were funny?
2: Oh, I don't know if that's a, a conscious thing. I, I, uh, I, I used humor in hindsight, you know, you use humor to, 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 uh, function. Sure. And sure. to, um, deflect, uh, escape. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. My mom, uh, my mom had a very dry, funny wit and, um, the men in her life, my, my dad, my brother and I were, were a handful and, uh, she always had a good humor about it. And I think I inherited a lot of her, um, uh, instincts uh i didn't take the weight of the world as heavily as my brother might have my brother was uh bipolar um had some real issues you know I had the same issues with alcohol and drugs but when I finally made a decision to quit uh, by god's grace I was able to to set it aside and not not partake um but um I think humor is uh it's a nice way to um to go through life you know um and God gave us the laughter, I think. If, you know, I always tell audiences, you know, that it releases endorphins, which is the yeah. body's natural yeah. morphine. Yeah. And, a merry
1: uh, heart doeth good like medicine. Yeah. That's biblical. Uh, me.
2: So that's got to be by design. We're meant to laugh. So yeah. uh, uh, it, it's not a bad thing.
1: Jeff Allen has a brand new book, Are We There Yet? My Journey from a Messed Up to Meaningful Life. I've got a whole list of questions here, Jeff, but uh, I'm a little scattered, as I think maybe you are as I well. I am. Uh, I've always wanted to ask a well-known comedian, how are you funny when you just don't feel like being funny? I am absolutely—I don't know anything about you except what I read in your book, but I'm absolutely positive there are times it's time for you to go out on the stage and make people laugh and be funny, and you are thinking to yourself— I don't want to be funny. Right. I don't feel funny. Yeah. Does that happen to you, and how yeah. do you handle
2: it? Well, you, you have to be able to compartmentalize your brain, and uh, I was always good at that. That's part of an addict's life. Uh, you know, you uh, and um, I would get in arguments with my wife and then have to hit the stage, you know, and people would say my friends would go, why do you call her right before you go on? You know, you're know, you going to you're going to have an argument. And uh, anyway, you just learn to to compartmentalize and it's a job and you and you do it and you give them the best you can, you know. I all right. Yeah.
1: In your book, one of the things that really caught my attention, you said you were angry and as confused as a piece of of Plato, how did you come to the place where you felt that you were an angry and confused piece of Plato? What was God doing in your life?
2: Well, at that point, I think the circumstances were moving me. Uh, Again, um, if if you don't lead a principled life, uh, like you plug yourself into, I think it was Sartre that said, uh, in order for something finite to have meaning, it has to be connected to something that's infinite and fixed. Now, he was an atheist, so he would never say God, but that sounds like God to me. So if you don't have that anchor, that uh, then you, you just sway. Your circumstances run you through life like a piece of clay, like a piece of Play-Doh. And in order to function, you have to develop all these different personalities and characters to get through life. I mean, had I gone through life as angry as I was, I would have been beat up a lot. So you learn to stuff all that and then function in a world that, for me, it was totally void of principles. Um, you know, I let my desires drive me for years. Uh, and, um, you know, I used to say I, got, I, I tried to be a Buddhist, but, I, uh, you know, their whole thing is, their whole thing <laughs> is, it's your Buddhist. desires. It's your desires. You didn't that, have
1: the stomach? Well, it, well no, it, it's your <laughs> desires
2: that make you miserable. And uh, Buddhism is about getting rid of your desires, and I said, you know, I just never could get rid of my desire to get rid of my desires. <laughs> so <laughs> it was this circular thing I kept yeah. getting back to. So anyway, that's kind of when you let circumstances dictate your your life, then you're just setting yourself up for a lot of uh, when
1: you when you read the
2: biographies valleys.
1: of of most successful people, if it's an honest, transparent biography. They will, exp- they will discuss their experiences when they hit bottom. You hit bottom several times. I mean, you know, you were homeless. You had had great success. You were homeless. Your Your house was about to be foreclosed on. You faced bankruptcy and so forth. But what was it that God had to bring you to before he really got your attention?
2: Um, I think it was the shallowing out of what I believed was the point to my life. It was, you know, it, it was like, for me, I, I, I got sober at 31 because I, I, I spanked my six month old in a crib. Mm. So that was a bottom. That was like, I couldn't think of anything as a man lower than that to mm. lay hands on a six month old. Wow. So I go to AA, they say pray, I go to what? And then that starts me on this this uh, journey to the point where I end up standing in the kitchen screaming at my wife on a stool. I put my son to bed that night. He says, daddy, you win. I go, what do you mean I win? He goes, you yell, mommy cries, you win. Not a, Again, not a proud moment Ouch. of my life. Ouch. I go downstairs, I tell Tammy I'm gonna get help. I don't wanna be this way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm this way. So I go to a therapist. She says, do you read? I go, no, I never read it. I don't have the attention to read. She goes, well, you might want to start reading. Hands me, Road Less Traveled, Mm. and uh, Scott Peck's book. And Mm -hmm. two of the things that I remember that were so profound to me was life is difficult. That's the opening line. Life is difficult. It's not an easy thing to live. And then the next thing was... uh, in order for true love to begin to begin in a relationship, love cannot begin until conflict enters the relationship. I was devoid of, I hated conflict. Conflict in my home growing up was pretty simple. If I raised my voice, if I stood up for myself, somebody bigger than me threw me against the wall. So I learned mm-hmm. very quickly that if, if conflict enters any relationship I'm in, to f- it's fight or flight. I either get so far over the top angry and figure I can shout them down or I, I leave so now I'm in a marriage. I can't leave, and I can't. The fighting is just you know over the top. So anyway, I start reading books, and it's when I start getting into New Age and I get into Buddhism. And mm-hmm. in hindsight, I'm looking back. This is to me, this is God going, okay. If this is what you want, I'm going to show it to you, but it's going to be empty. It's going to always leave you empty, thirsting for more. And it took me seven or eight years to get to the point where somebody put the Bible in my hands. And I was ready for the Bible. I was absolutely ready because my conclusions were that life is meaningless. It's pointless. Hmm. There's nothing to this. It, there's nothing of lasting value. And I don't know. I was, my Tammy was out of town. Uh, uh, she was leaving me. Uh, and I open up. It's Ecclesiastes. First tape, I ever, first sermon I ever listened to. I
1: want to. We've got to take a break. I want to hear the story about the divine appointment on the golf course oh. <laughs> and a bunch of cassette tapes. Yeah. Because some of our audience are going, what's that? Cassette tape? Cassette no, tape, I know. I, I have no idea what that is. We'll talk yeah. about it. All right, we're going to take a break. We're talking with Jeff Allen and his brand new book. It's exceptional, folks. Are We There Yet? My Journey from a Messed Up to Meaningful Life. And it is published by, uh, this is Salem. I thought it was one of our Salem. books. Salem Books. Yeah, We'll uh, return with Jeff Allen in just a moment. Stay tuned.
0: Twitter at twitter.com/slash BobBurneyLive.
1: We're live in the studio with Jeff Allen. He is the author of a brand new book, and it's exceptional, folks. And you know me, I wouldn't tell you that if it wasn't. Are we there yet? My Journey from a messed up to meaningful life by Jeff Allen. It is very open, transparent at times. It is raw. It takes you to the very bottom. It takes you to the mountaintop and leaves you very encouraged and, I think, pointing you to Christ, which is the most important thing. Uh, Jeff, uh, one of the most interesting things in your book that I found was the divine encounter on a golf course that ended up in a whole bunch of cassette tapes.
2: <laughs>
1: Walk us through that. I love that My story. Buddy
2: Phil. It was interesting. Phil, when the book came out— I. I... He's got a half a chapter there at the end, um, and he said, "I wish you hadn't put my name in there." And I go, "I'm sorry." He goes, "Yeah." Now he he he's bought two cases of books to hand out, and everybody <laughs> thinks it's because his name is in the book. And he says, "No, I want you to read this." Uh, we uh, <clears throat> I had heard about a guy. Um, I was uh, uh, I had traded my alcohol and drug addiction for a golf addiction. I write about that in the book too, as well.
1: Were you addicted to comedy?
2: Uh, yeah, I, well, it was for a while and then it became a job and then it became something that was difficult for me me to do.
1: Okay. All right.
2: But, um, I was out, I had heard about this guy and he could get me on like Augusta national Mm. those type golf courses. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I told my agent at the time I'm going to be his new best friend. (laughs) You know, and what I didn't know was he was an evangelical and he was, uh, he had just sold his business for I don't know how many million uh, and he was just going to do comedy just to see, he was going to build a comedy theater, which he ended up building in Pigeon Forge and he wanted to go out and see the state of comedy.
1: It's not Yakov Smirnoff. No, it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just want to make sure.
2: Yeah. So anyway, we're we're, uh, hooked up in Tampa and we're golfing and uh, I'm reading Ayn Rand now. Uh, I wanted to try to figure out a way to keep my marriage together and we were bankrupt and all this stuff and I figured if I could make more money I could keep her happy get the bill collectors you know anyway here's this millionaire and I'm asking him how do you accumulate wealth nobody ever taught me how to how to save money mm-hmm. accumulate it. and he goes you don't want a lot of money I go I don't he goes no you can't handle what little you have apparently <laughs> be a burden for you and he says besides you can't even begin to enjoy the creation to have a relationship with the one who created it and I go, wow, that's great. It sounded New Agey. I go, where do yeah, you read that? Yeah. He says, well, it's it's biblical. The whole relationship part is with Jesus and and God. And I said, okay, great. You know, a couple of holes went by. He said something else. I go, that's great. Where'd you read? He kept bringing up the Bible, and I'm going, stop it with the Bible. He goes, yeah. What do you mean? I go, I mean, athe- I don't believe in God, let alone God's word. That's a tad archaic, right? I mean, who actually reads the Bible? And he goes, well, I do. And he goes, let's back up here a second. And what's in the Bible that you don't think is true? Maybe I can help you out. And I go. I don't know, I never read the Bible. He goes, then you're not really an atheist, you're a moron. <laughs> you <know? clears throat> and, ah, love it. Yeah. And love I'm like, it. you know, well, you know, how so? He said, short answer. He goes, it's the most influential book in the history of the world, and you can't even crack it open. That's lazy and moronic. Wow. You know, let alone you're denying an omniscient being, and what you're denying is om- omniscient. You yourself have to have knowledge of the entire, you know, he went through yeah. that whole yeah. You know, yeah. You, yeah. It's a self defeating argument. You can't defend an absolute negative. And I looked at him and said, What? You know. And he says, you know, at the end of the week he said to me, he goes, I like you. And believe me, it used to choke me up to say that. To think that this beautiful loving man uh looked at what I was and said, I like wow. you and um he said, I, I'd like to help you out in your search. Mm-hmm. Uh I have go to a church in Denton, Texas, uh, Denton Bible, uh, Tommy Nelson teaches the Bible. And he says, I'd like to sign you up for their tape ministry. And I go, What is that? He goes, I said, Well, it costs me money. He goes, No. And I said, Then you can send me whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, two days after home, I got a Bible in the mail. That was like the first thing he did when he got home. He put mm-hmm. a Bible in the mail and sent it to me. That went in a junk drawer. And then the tapes yeah. came for about a year. Never opened one up. Uh, we had this friendship like men have, you know, you. We talked golf, we talked politics, we talked, and then eventually we got to, you know, he'd always end every conversation the same way. How are you and Tammy doing? I go, not too good, Phil. He goes, Mm. we pray for your marriage. I go, why? We just think that you should be together. God ordains these things. God, we believe in God. We believe God puts two people together. You, you, you bred children and they need two parents and all this stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm going, that's great, Phil. You know, it meant nothing to me, you know, and, um. Didn't matter. He 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 honored the Great Commission, and uh, about a year and a half into all of that, um, Tammy took the kids to Ohio for the summer. I think I thought she was leaving me for good, mm-hmm. and I had all these tapes at home. And anyway, opened first one up was Ecclesiastes <laughs> and meaningless. That
1: some consider to be one of the darkest books of the Bible.
2: And I heard meaningless, meaningless. All in life is meaningless, and oh. my heart left. <sighs> That was my wow. conclusions. I came to those conclusions on my own, and I felt if that was true, that is a deep, deep truth, and it also isn't very flattering mm. to what you would look at as God's word, you know, to his, his view of uh, of the world around him, that nothing of this earth will ever give you lasting value. And when I heard the verses, you know, your eyes never get enough of seeing, the ears never get enough of hearing, written, I don't know, two 3,000 years ago, mm-hmm. you look mm-hmm. at your video library, you look at your audio library... And again, you you start ex- looking at your life, going, "Holy cow, he's he's right," you know. And then when I read where Pascal said we have a God-shaped hole in us that you can't you can't put enough of this stuff in it; only God can fill that hole. It all I all went back to me to Ecclesiastes one. All of it just kept going. That is to me, and if that's true, there must be other things in this book that's true. And I opened up every tape. I had a year and a half's worth of. Of, of Bible study. And I, I, some of them I listened to three, or four different times. And I remember writing, making notes in my Bible, like, wow, holy cow. Uh, for what pleasure do you get now from those things that you are now ashamed of? You know, all those parties that I thought was, was yeah. bringing me joy. And now I'm ashamed of all of it. You know, I mean, it was like, holy cow. And then Genesis one, one, which I think Schaefer said was the most pregnant verse in the Bible. Yeah. that gave birth yeah. to everything. Yeah. That broke me, got on my knees, and sobbed because I knew for the first time in my life there was a God. There is a God.
1: The music tells me I've got to take a break, and I'd almost promised Jeff that we would end at 5 o'clock. Can I have you one more segment? Sure. Absolutely. Jeff is going to be at the Funny Bone at 7 o'clock, so I can't keep him much longer. You can get tickets at JeffAllen.com. His book, Are We There Yet? JeffAllenComedy.com. But you can also uh, just Jeff come out to the club. JeffAllenComedy.com. Just go to the club All right. website. We'll be right back